You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. Hello, everybody. It is I, Kevin Graham, infiltrating your audio waves. Audio guy, hit my music. Hey! That's right. You're listening to Hit My Music. My name is David Kincannon. I am your host. And with me this week is a multi-time GSW heavyweight champion, 2CW heavyweight champion, WXW elite tag team champion, all sorts of titles all over the East Coast. Uh, my guest is Kevin the Man Graham. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. This is I, I've been looking forward to doing this since we did uh, since, since we did the A show. This, yeah. has been, uh, this has been something I've been waiting for. <laughs> Well, I apologize for making you wait so long. Nah, don't worry about it. I had um, a lot of things going on. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a good time. We're going to talk a little bit of music, a little bit of wrestling, and the uh, place where those two things meet. Hell so yeah. let's start off with uh, with kind of your early musical life. Do you remember who was responsible for playing music around you as a kid? Parents, grandparents, siblings? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it was very common um, for a lot of people to sort of you know, be brought up in a household where there was just like a lot of music in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of where my sort of venture into music and, and kind of figuring out what my tastes were started. Um, I mean, my dad was a DJ. Oh, nice. Uh, he, he did, uh, you know, just local bars and stuff around central New York. Uh, eventually he was pretty much, you know, a mainstay at one bar that he actually bartended at. Um, so he always had a collection of vinyl records. I mean, nice. our garage had, like this tucked away back room that was just floor to ceiling, wall to wall, filled with vinyl. And it was everything from, <laughs> you know, classic rock from the 60s and 70s to soul to R&B to 90s hip hop. So my brother and I would usually sort of, you know, sneak in there and just kind of th- like thumb through stuff. You know, and a lot of it was, you know, singles and and things like that because he was always buying like, you know, whatever the top 40 was at the time. Right. Um, but like very early on, like I remember always having him play like Thriller by Michael Jackson. Okay. We were always listening to like MC Hammer. Uh, the Batman soundtrack was okay. a huge hit in our house. Nice. Um, so like that's really where a lot of my early music tastes kind of started to develop. But I think where they really started to take off was, you know, I had an older brother who okay. had a best friend who had an older brother. <laughs> So, <laughs> so as you can imagine, you know, a lot of that stuff kind of started to filter its way through. Sure. Like his friend would be like, you got to listen to this thing. My brother just showed me it, it, it's it, it's Tupac. And they'd be like, oh, cool. So like I would kind of be in the other room, you know, w- with my ear up to the wall, listening to whatever they were listening to, which was, you know, for a you know a six or seven year old kid. Not really the type of thing you should be listening to. But right. it, when the parents were away. You know, the kids will play and listen to whatever's in the CD player. That's right. Um, So there was a lot of 90s hip hop uh, that came in my life around an early age. Um, But the interesting thing was 
while it all sounded cool, I didn't understand a single thing that was being said. <laughs> because it, it was just so far over my head. Like, nothing made sense. But, like, I saw older kids enjoying it. And I'm like, oh, so this is cool, right? Um, <laughs> but, yeah. And then, like, eventually, you know, kind of that late 90s, you know, sort of post-grunge uh, rock wave came through, uh, started getting into new metal from there. And for the longest time, really just sort of following whatever my brother was listening to at the time. Okay. Not really breaking off into my own interests until really about like junior high. Um, okay. And that's where I started getting more into like classic metal. Um, my gateway was ACDC and Metallica. Um, and at the very beginning, was not really that into it. Okay. Um, it wasn't until I got Master of Puppets. Mm. That everything sort of changed for me. Yes. Um, that was really the first album that I listened to where I was like, oh, this is a thing. And I remember that Christmas when I got it. Basically, from the moment I opened it and put it in my CD player to like the next day, I just had it on loop. Nice. And I had a pair of headphones on. And then basically from like that album, went out, bought all their other albums from there, started listening to like older ACDC, older Black Sabbath. And then I kind of started to go forward a little bit, getting into more Pantera, getting into more, you know, Anthrax and Megadeth and like really kind of figuring out sort of like who was connected to who, who influenced who, and then like going further backwards and, you know, listening to like Diamond Head and, and Thin Lizzy and, and then, you know, getting more into blues, which was like, you know, kind of an interesting transition. Um, and then everything just kind of opened up from there. Sure. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't, I didn't start getting into blues until late, way later when I started playing guitar, which was like when I was in my late, my mid thirties probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's a, that's a fun journey. Um, so do you consider Metallica your sort of your favorite art, your first favorite artist or band? Um, not really. Okay. I mean, I would actually say, um, if I were to choose one band that was kind of like my first like favorite band, would have to go with Blink-182. Oh, okay. Uh, because I, I I was also, like, really big into, like, skater rock. You know, I, I, I suppose you could call it. But, like, kind of talking about, like, that late 90s wave of, like, rock music and okay. kind of, like, pop uh, or sort of, like, pop punk. Um, I was getting big into that. Um, you know, I, I was a big skateboard fan as well as a wrestling fan. So, you know, anything that was coming out on, like, a Tony Hawk soundtrack, I was also jamming to as well. Uh, but like Blink One Eighty Two was sort of that first band that I really, really took hold to. Okay. Um, but I think in terms of like bands that really crafted my musical taste, it was Metallica. Okay, that makes sense. So we've got this sort of this sort of forking thing where you're doing like mm -hmm. the the pop punk, the skate rock, that kind of stuff, and then you've got the the more metal and going you know kind of kind of diving back into the blues and kind of stuff, and so. Did did you follow one of those tracks more as you got older? Um, yeah, as I got older, definitely more of like the metal route. Okay, um, just because there were, I mean, I, I I wouldn't say that I'm like necessarily a connoisseur when it comes to music and, sure. and, and, and genre and all that. Um, I mean, you start doing some of those deep dives and like. Every style of rock music has its own subgenre, right. which has its own subgenre. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just want to listen to whatever sounds cool. 
Um, <laughs> but I think like with Metallica, like there were so many bands and so many sounds that were connected either because they were a direct influence or Metallica had influenced them. And like, that's kind of where I started to go through, like kind of bounce around from, um, like for instance, garage Inc was a album that really helped me sort of navigate through that genre of music because, you know, going through that listing, I'd be like, okay, like, who's the original artist? Like, like this is a fun album to listen to, but, like, right. what's the original one sound like? So that's kind of how I started to, you know, dive in more into, like, Motorhead and, like I was saying before, like, Diamondhead Diamond and a lot of those different bands. And then, you know, trying to learn more about who influenced a lot of the music that I like and kind of, like, what was the influence to that. And, like, that's how I eventually landed on the blues. Sure. Because, you know, as a lot of people will tell you, well, the blues influenced everything at the end right. of the day. Absolutely. Um, and then, like, from getting into the blues, so like, I basically go, like, Metallica, blues, the Black Keys. Okay. That makes, that so, makes perfect like, sense. I'm I'm just swimming through all these different tunnels and, and, and like, landing on all these different spots. And, like, it, it, it kind of became more fun and adventurous in that way. Sure. Because, like, very early on um, in my life, too, like, and, and kind of, like, throughout most of high school, I was one of those kids that was, like, very stubborn and, like, kind of, like, snobby when it came to their music tastes. Okay. Like, everything I like is the best and everything you <laughs> like is garbage. And if it, it, if it deviated in the least bit, I was like, oh, that's terrible. Like, everything you like is just wrong. You don't have good taste. Everything <laughs> I like is the best. I mean, what I would later find out in life is, like, that's a terrible way to go about things and, sure. and, and, and not a great way to make friends or, <laughs> you know, meet new interesting people or, or even have a good time in general. Right. It, um, you're, certainly, you're certainly limiting your horizons if you do that. Exactly. But, like, as I got older and I started to do these deep dives and sort of do this navigation, I was like, oh, man, like, this is actually fun. And then, like, you go out, you go to these shows, you meet all these people who are, you know, from all different walks of life and, like, they all share this similar bond and i'm like oh dang this is what i've been missing the entire time <laughs> yeah i you know i've known people like that um you know and i and i think it's it's i think that's part of being a kid is you sort of yeah. get in your oh, bubble yeah. and uh i know you know when i was in when i was in high school i was very dialed into musical theater because that was the thing i was really big into and um so I was listening to a lot of cast recordings and like, mm. then I had that, I had, I sort of had that fork too, where I was listening to a lot of hip hop and then a lot of Broadway and like never the twain should meet until, you know, recently. Um, okay. but you know, that's one of those, it's, it, I definitely had that kind of thing where I was like, yeah, you, you don't like those things that I, you know, we don't really have much to talk about. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, do you remember the first concert you went to? Uh, um, the first concert I would have gone to probably would have been some like local radio type of show. Okay. Um, but I, the first real concert that I feel like I was really excited to go to that was really of my interest was Blink-182 at okay. the New York State Fairgrounds. Uh, was that like around the Enema of the State era? My, uh, that was uh, – that would have been – I want to say that was the Take Off Your Pants and Jacket tour. Okay. Because right. Newfound Glory opened for them, okay, um, and they were and they were doing a lot of uh, 
songs off that album i do sure. remember sure that makes sense uh do you re- do you happen to remember who might have been on that that the bill for that first uh that first radio station oh my god concert? no i okay. i couldn't even tell you i mean it was probably <laughs> betty mardonis okay. at some point because he was like a local mainstay in syracuse sure. um but yeah, I, I, I can't even remember. I want to say there was a band. I always tell myself it was No Doubt, but okay. there's no way it was No Doubt. <laughs> but it, it was like a female-fronted pop-punk band. Okay. Um, And my only frame of reference at that time was No Doubt. Sure. So, like, for years and years, I, th- that's just what I told myself. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Just, you know, just put it out there. You, yeah, you saw yeah, No Doubt. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, do you do you have any musical talents? Um, I tried. Okay, <laughs> tried and failed. Um, I mean, I did. Growing up, I did you know saxophone in band. Okay. I played percussion for a couple of years, and then I was like, I really don't want to do any of this because I I'm not playing the type of music I want. Right. Um, and I never really felt like pursuing like um, independent lessons or anything like that. Okay. Uh, but in college. I did try getting into the guitar, um, and for about a good, I don't know, maybe two, three years almost, um, I was actually playing pretty consistently. Um, My grad school uh, thesis, I guess you could call it, um, really just kind of like my my core project for the the type of uh, degree I was going for, um, I got to create my own user test, and I, I actually used the video game Rocksmith. Oh, okay. Um, to try to teach people how to play the guitar. I ran a bunch of different tests, uh, put together a bunch of different scenarios. Eventually got um, uh, my professor and I ended up getting our the the study actually published at one point. Oh, interesting. Um, but then, like, after college, just stopped playing. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, it, it's been a minute since I've really played anything. Okay. All right. That, that's fun. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, what kind of stuff are you listening to now? Are you are there any specific artists or genres that you're that have really kind of gotten that are really kind of you know where you are right now? Yeah, you know, I actually think one. Um, it, it's it's kind of weird to say this, but like one good thing about the pandemic um, was you had a lot of time to sit around and just discover new things. True. Um, and one of the things I discovered a lot of was just different music at the time. Um, so, like, over the last couple of years, so really over the last two years, rather, um, I started getting more into, into bands like Trivium, um, listening to more bands like The Kills, The Black Pumas. Oh, Black um, Pumas, great. They're fantastic. Local oh, Austin band. So good. Um, and then uh, my girlfriend has been getting me more and more into uh, Emo. Okay. Because that was a genre. Again, growing up, I was like, keep it the hell away from me. I don't, <laughs> you, you know, you fellas in your skinny jeans, just stay over there. I don't want any part of it. Um, but it, it's actually really funny um, because, like, all throughout junior high and all throughout high school, like, that's really when, like, emo started to take off. And I was not about it at all. I mean, I was a self-proclaimed metalhead. I was like, that that stuff is garbage. Like 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 I said, keep it the hell away from me. Um, and I was so adamant about not being interested in it and not liking it. 
that like it actually like my, I feel like one time my girlfriend and I like actually kind of got into an argument because she sort of called me out for like bobbing my head to taking back Sunday song. And she's like, you like this, don't you? And I was like, no, I don't. No, I don't. Don't you put that on me. I mean, we're not, we're not doing this. Um, but we ended up, uh, one band that we both do really like is Coheed and Cambria. Okay. And I want to say it was like back in uh, 2018, uh, we went to a Coheed show down in Pittsburgh. Taking Back Sunday was the opener. And I was just so unenthusiastic about it. I was like, I'm here for Coheed. I'm not going to like anything else. The opening <laughs> band sucked. I hated them. Taking Back Sunday played. And I was like, okay. Grudgingly. These, these guys are actually like a lot of fun to listen to and a lot of fun to watch. Um, so she's been kind of like getting me more up to speed on a lot of what that genre was. Okay. And as we've been going through it, I'm like, damn, like I really missed the boat on a good opportunity because – like central New York does have a really strong music community. Okay. And like, there were a lot of hardcore bands that came through the area. A lot of emo bands that came through the area. Um, she was in a pop punk band, you know, during that time, actually with, uh, our mutual friend who I do uh brain wreck TV with, um, f- former two CW champion himself, Jason X. Okay. Um, they were in a band together and, Again, it was one of those things where, like, had I sort of embraced it and not been so, you know, snobby about it, like, could have met a lot of cool people, could have right. had a lot of fun times, and and I just kind of allowed it to to pass me by. But you know, still kind of you know being stuck at home every now and then, you know, a couple weekends when like we don't feel like going out, we'll throw YouTube on the big screen, and then just do these early two thousands deep dives. Nice. Where we'll go through, like, well, this is what I was listening to. Well, this is what I was listening to. And then, like, we'll sort of go back and forth, you know, song for song. And then, you know, a lot of times we'll just pick a genre and then just kind of going, you know, whatever's up next, whatever's suggested, just right. kind of keep going deeper and deeper. And, and, and it's been a lot of fun, you know. It, it, it's I, I have learned when you're more open to music. And, and this is why I, I kind of like that my musical tastes are sort of on a wider spectrum now. You know, it, it, it's again, it, it's just a lot of fun to go through and just to see what's out there and to, you know, be willing to enjoy, you know, different types of music. I could not agree more. I yeah, mean, that's, that's great. Uh, so I assume, uh, you know, having having your past as a wrestler, mm-hmm. I know you at least used to be in the gym on a fairly regular basis. Uh, do you have specific playlists for the gym or specific music? Uh, yeah, yeah, still do. Um, okay. a, a lot of it, it, it's actually funny too, because like a lot of it is sort of based on mood. Okay. Um, because like, there's been a lot of times where like, I'll go to the gym and I'm like, you know, gotta get ready, gotta get pumped up, gotta go. And then like, I'll throw on like, you know, either like some Pantera or like Slipknot and like, I'll get like two sets in and I'm like, I'm really not feeling this. Right. You know? And then like, I'll, I'll throw on like black Pumas or the kills. And I'm like, this is great. You know, like I once had a, one of my best workouts, you know, to the Aquabats. Nice. You nice. know, so it, it, it's really sort of based on whatever my mood is, but like usually when I'm going to the gym, you know, definitely there's a lot of heavy metal in there. You know, I will switch it up. I'll do some nineties hip hop. I'll do some modern hip hop. I'm actually really big into, into Zarface right now. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, I've been, a, so, I've been, a, I've been a seven L and esoteric fan. Okay. Um, since 
probably 2001. Okay. Um, when okay. I was I actually used to be a, a, a like a house party DJ, nice, and I was nice. I speci- I specialized in playing underground hip hop. So okay. Like Seven okay. Ellen Esoteric, uh, Jedi Mind Tricks. Nice. Um, a lot of that kind of stuff. Army of Pharaohs, that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah, when, they were another uh, pandemic find for me. Okay. Like I just happened to come across them one day. I'm like, th- I'm like, there's a bunch of dudes rapping about pro wrestling and yep. comic books. <laughs> <laughs> like and and they're and they're so collaborating good. with MF, MF Doom. Doom like and, what? Yeah, yep. Like get out of here! Yeah, that, it is that, just so much fun. That album that they released last year uh, after MF Doom died. Oh yeah, uh, was so good, so mm-hmm. good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, what about road trips? Uh, as a wrestler, I'm sure you've you've taken your share. Uh, what makes for good road trip music? Um. 80s action movie playlists oh interesting yeah there's um there's a great it might still be on soundcloud um but i think the collaboration was um by a group called mad decent and there's three different versions of it um which is it's essentially broken out into three parts um and the the trilogy is called like blood brothers and it's just mashups of like all the songs you would hear in like eighties action movies. And if you want to get pumped up going to a wrestling show, like it's what you gotta listen to. It's so much fun. It's so cheesy. That's awesome. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff in it too. Um so like we used to listen to that a lot. Um and then it really kinda depends on who's driving. Okay. Um, and who's got control of the iPod or, or you know, the phone or whatever. Right. Um, so it, it kind of ranges from everything from, you know, some guys will throw on metal. Some guys will throw on country. Some guys will just listen to whatever's on the radio, which usually doesn't make for a great time. Um, <laughs> I don't think we've ever had, like, one consistent soundtrack. But okay. there's a few of those have really, like, stood out. A lot of times we actually end up listening to uh, just, like, wrestling themes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll get back to that in the second half of the show. We're going to take a short okay. break and we will be back on the other side. I am here with Kevin the Man Graham, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about wrestling and music and how those things fit together. So, right. when did you first get into wrestling as as a fan? Um, it would have been like late ninety one, early ninety two. Okay. If I really had to pinpoint a time frame, um, earliest memory is legitimately my brother and I sitting at my grandparents' house watching. Uh, SummerSlam 91 on VHS. Okay. That's like the first thing I remember. It was, it, and it was like the wedding chaos. Sure. Like everything happening in that. And I remember just being like, what's going on? 
And everybody's just like, uh, like Jake what does Roberts this have to do with, with and, wrestling? An Undertaker, like, you know, beating beating him up at the wedding. And I was just right. like, that's mean. And then, like, I was just hooked from then on. Yep. Yeah. That was, uh, that was definitely a big part of my... I would have been a teenager then, 14 yeah. or so. I would have been... I would have been... Two, two and a half, maybe. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. That's uh, that's a pretty vivid memory for that early. That's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's again. That's like one of those things that stuck with me, and like, I've just been a wrestling fan like ever since. Like, it's yeah. always been part of you know who I am and like what my interests are. Okay. Uh, do you have any particularly fond memories of wrestler entrance themes? Um. Yeah. I guess you could say that. I mean. Growing up in the early 90s, I mean, my whole life pretty much revolved around the WWF and okay. Super Nintendo. Um, so there was a lot of, you know, breaking out the Hasbro figures. And then <laughs> whenever we ended up going over out to the Video King, if they had, like, you know, Royal Rumble for the Super Nintendo available, like, I would, I would just go to the character select screens and then just let the entrance music play on the TV and then do my, you know, my matches like that. Okay. Um, so there was a lot of, you know, that kind of stuff going on. I mean, I, I, I remember getting, you know, like the old WWF CDs when those started coming out. Right. And again, like then you, did, you didn't need to go to the video store to rent the game. You could just load it up on your CD <laughs> player right there. Um, so there's a lot of that. Listen to way more wrestling music, you know, in the... 90s than i think I, anybody probably would have expected so it was always kind of part of um just like one of those things that always sort of followed me around right that makes sense uh did you have a favorite wrestler entrance theme you know i think my first one that i really dug and was really into i, I gotta say it was probably either a toss-up between crush and razor ramon Okay. I remember both of those in, like, they're very different, you know, in, like, energy levels. Um, and, again, kind of going back to those video games. Because, like, I remember I would just sit there listening to the music on the character select screens. And, like, Crushes and, and, and Razors were two that always sort of stuck with me. And, like, I always would just, like, like always choosing them to play, always choosing them to listen to. Definitely two that I always like just really enjoyed. Okay. I'm trying to I I I know I like I, I can hear Razor Ramon's theme in my head. Mm-hmm. You've got the, the squealing tires and then Oh sure, yeah. Basically a version of what would eventually become Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme because I'm still convinced they're the same song. Um oh, well, yeah, yeah. Actually that that's a very good point. <laughs> uh I can't remember what Crushes was though crushes okay so it, it's funny that you mentioned razor ramones being sort of like a slowed down version of austin's mm-hmm. because crushes was like a slight variation on sid justice's original theme okay and it's it, i'll always remember because it much like any great entrance music it's got that one great riff or that one great sound effect like very early on like the first two seconds when it hits you immediately know and it had just that like, it was like dun 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 dun, dun 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 dun, and dun 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 dun, and like anytime I hear it, I'm just like, I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. Let's do this. All right. Well, uh, you gave you actually gave 
a part of an answer to my next question, which is, do you have thoughts on what makes a good entrance theme? So, oh, yes. uh, as most people have said, you know, you definitely have that, like, that hit right at the beginning that lets you know who's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else specific? I mean, definitely the hit. Um, you got to have that thing that can really pop the crowd. Something that's like easily recognizable. Like when you really think about those big crowd reactions that people get, um, it it always starts with that like initial riff or that initial sound bite. Um, and, and I think beyond that, something that really embodies who the the wrestler is. Um, I want to say it was in like Beyond the Mat. Uh, they interviewed Jim Johnson and he's talking about sort of the process for creating, you know, entrance music for people. And he, and I think the one he uses is, is Vader. And he talks about like how he's just this big guy who's kind of like barreling down and like, you know, sort of stomping. And as he's like, you know, making the stomps, he's kind of doing the riff. And I don't think you really see that as often or hear that rather as often anymore. Um, I feel like a lot of wrestlers are just sort of given this generic music just because sure. it's in a sound library. Mm-hmm. You know, weirdly enough, it, it, it's funny because, like, you kind of hear all the stories about, like, WCW back in the day and how all a lot of the music came from, like, the Turner library right. of, like, whatever they had. And they were just sort of like, uh, this guy's going to do this one, this guy's going to do this one. But when you really think about it, like, yeah, even though they were ripoffs of, you know, popular rock songs like a lot of people sort of recognize like raven coming out to come as you are or like you know um jericho coming out to even flow and, right. and, and it just and, and it still worked for those guys sure um and it was kind of like you know sort of one step off of like all the guys from ecw coming out to all the songs that they were coming out to sure. but like even though that they weren't written for them specifically they all sort of got to choose music that really embodied who their characters were. And I think that's something that's very important that a lot of people struggle with, especially on the indies. I think a lot of people try to find music that's sometimes too different or too obscure or too popular even. And they don't really take time to really figure out who they are as a character and, and, and find a song or find music that really matches that character or that gimmick or, you know, who they are just as an individual. Right. And I, I would completely agree with a lot of that. Um, and I think one of the things that WCW did well, even if they were using these, you know, that combination of stock music and the the sort of rip off, um, you know, alternative stuff that they were doing is one of the things that they did was they they added stuff to it. So, for example, mm-hmm. you've got the Diamond Dallas Page, the ripoff of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Sure, yeah. But instead of just being a ripoff of Teen Spirit, of Smells Like Teen Spirit, you've got that beginning where it comes in with the self high five. And so you immediately know, it, you know, it's it's back to, you know, the sound effect thing that, yeah. did, that Jim Johnston used to do. Exactly. Where oh. you've got this key that tells the audience, okay, this is who's coming out. Mm-hmm. This is a, you know, the music itself is memorable enough, but you add that to it and there's there's almost like a a synergy that mm-hmm. is created where you, 
you're adding that to the character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that's it's super helpful. And you're right. It is something that I don't think, especially in indie wrestling r- right now, um, is really there. Oh, um, and I mean, uh, and a lot of people struggle with it. I mean, I mean, how yeah. I struggled with it for sure. the longest time. I mean, it, like even, you know, as a tag team, we struggled with it. It, it. It's not easy to just find something that you immediately connect with. Of course, of course. And it's and it's one of those things that I think takes some trial and error. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think I think, you know, there are there are people who have figured who have maybe figured it out, um, you know, in indie wrestling. And I and I think one of the things that has happened is, you know, even at the the highest levels, Mm-hmm. of wrestling um they've lost some of that as well yeah um i you know i know specifically with wwe with not having jim johnston not having cephas anymore yeah um, you There's know a lot of the, generic sound stuff yeah now. It, and and it, and and i think that they're not even going that step of okay let's find a way even if we're going to use this generic music to key it into Right. Who, you know, the people that that we have on our roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's I think it's a missed opportunity. I, I think it makes I, I think it's it's something that's missing from those characters. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I maybe if there were better music, some of those characters would be more memorable than they are. Oh, now. sure. Oh, yeah. I so. mean, it, there's nothing more awkward than being at a wrestling show. Is like especially one at that level, and you just hear this music, and you're like, uh, "Who, who is this?" Yes, I mean, absolutely. I, 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 like I can remember going to you know WWE shows, and this was like early 2000s, and it was in that era where you know there was no more WCW, there's no more ECW, so there were just like a lot of guys, so there was a lot of different music, mm-hmm. and you'd hear these sounds, and you'd be like, "I who I, I, I watch Monday Night Raw every week. I don't know." <laughs> Like who? Oh, okay. It's so it's so and so. It's such and such. It's this team. Okay, yeah, I know these guys, but like, what is this song? I've never heard this song before. Well, that was that was something I had noticed watching this year's Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. Was there are a handful of guys whose music I recognize because they've been there for five or six years. Sure, and they're still using the same theme, which is great for somebody who is a completely lapsed WWE former WWE fan. Like I don't mm-hmm. like I the Royal Rumble was like the first thing I've watched in forever. Um right. and like but then there were all of these other people who like their music hit and I was like I don't know what this is. I don't know who this person is. I don't know what yeah. this music has to do with this person. Yeah, and I mean it, it it's such an oversight because it really is like it it it, it seems like it would be the simplest thing. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's something that's so overlooked and like when there's no thought given to it, like it really hurts the product and it really hurts like any, you know, potential that like this person could have. Because, again, like if if the whole idea is to get people excited about the person coming out, like why not give them something? Why not give them a sound cue? Why not give them something a little bit more just so people can go? Okay, I know who this is. I'm I'm excited to see this person, or I'm excited to see this person get beat up, something like that. Right. Yeah. Oh, boy, Inter- interesting conversations could be had about why they're not doing that anymore. And I assume right. it's uh, it's I think there's there's one fairly new person in the WWF WWE 
offices who probably has <laughs> something to do with it. And uh, I've been I've been seeing a lot of hate on Twitter about uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, the business side of the business yes. as of late. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and talk about the entrance themes that you have had throughout your career. All right. Let's do it. Um, so you started wrestling in 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Uh, yeah. First, actually, we're coming up on jeez. I think the 12 year anniversary of okay. my first match perhaps okay um yeah uh early 2010 i started training um right around the end of 2007 kind of had one of those start stop scenarios um but after like 2008 2009 i was going full-time in terms of training uh then yeah i had my first match in uh, 2010 okay so that first match was uh on two was in two cw it was mm-hmm. a, a three-way match. I believe it was the it, like a futures match. Yes, um, it was billed as a futures match because okay, it, was, uh, it was myself, uh, the man who would later be known as Brute Van Slyke, a.k.a. my tag team partner, <laughs> and then good old Mikey McTaxis. Yeah, so let's uh, let's go to uh, let's talk about your uh, your theme song on that first match. So mm-hmm. that first match is on YouTube. I found it. Mm-hmm. However. It has the entrances cut off. It just starts with the bell ringing. Yep, yep. Um, and you informed me that your your theme song on that was Silver Gun Superman by Stone Temple Pilots, which yes. I'm going to play a little bit of. So what was it uh, about that song that, you know, in your sort of early career that you thought might make for a good theme? Um, it's because I originally wanted to use Dead and Bloated by okay. Stone Temple Pilots. But then I found out, I believe it was Chris Hero was already using that. Oh. And I was like, well, Bummer. I can't do that. Sure. Um, and it was the next Stone Temple Pilots song that came up on YouTube. <laughs> So were you a big Stone Temple Pilots fan? You know, at this time, I think I was. Um, it was right around here where I think I was kind of going backwards into uh, some like mid late nineties rock, like grunge, alternative hard rock, that sort of thing. And I was getting, I was getting more and more in, into STP. Okay. Um, I was listening to Core a lot, and it was one of those things where like I heard Dead and Bloated for the first time, and like my original intention was to cut out that like intro to it and just have it kick in with the drums okay um because i felt like the like, like the first part like it, it wouldn't really suit anything that i was doing at the i mean how I, I mean i didn't even have a match like it wasn't going to suit anything at all sure. <laughs> <laughs> um i i was just like you know just come out with the drums and kind of have a little bit of energy a little pizzazz okay and then i was like chris hero uses it i was like i'm not gonna do that anymore <laughs> um and i was just going through trying to find other songs and silver gun superman happened to be queued up and listening to it i was like you know what i think i can make this work um because in my head sort of like how i envisioned my character growing um and again this is also knowing that this is just a futures match this is something that might be a one off mm-hmm. i might not have another match after this but I still want to try to think long-term about it. So my thought was, you know, if, you know, if I'm able to keep going, like maybe I become more of like, 
you know, somebody who's like very full of himself, very in his own head, kind of more suave and methodical. And I thought that the song kind of, you know, blended into that pretty well. So I was like, I think I can make this work. Never really used it to, or, or I didn't use it enough to really get it to that point, though. Okay. That yeah, because sense. yeah, because my song ended up changing like six months later. Okay, uh, and I assume that that was when you went to uh, "Now You're a Man." Now you're a man. That is when it happened. Yep. Okay, so let's play a little bit of that. And that is by DVDA, which, for people who aren't aware, is a band that is made up of a bunch of people who work on South Park. So Trey Parker, Matt Stone, a few Mm -hmm. of the other sort of production people. Um, What was it that – I mean, I assume part of this is that that when you transitioned to Kevin the Man Graham as far as a nickname? Yeah. Okay. So that was – that makes sense. Yeah. Um, It was – I because again like I kind of was in this weird period of like you know n- none of us like us being you know like the uh, brute Mikey and myself like we didn't really know where we were on the card yet we didn't know if we would be able to you know continue having matches at 2CW so we were sort of just trying to to test things out and like we we had a couple of indie matches outside of 2CW and I just remember on a car ride um well, actually, it was my original idea for my character was going to be um, Superstar Kevin Graham. Okay. That was going to be my gimmick. That was going to be what I was going to eventually hopefully get into. And everybody was like, no, 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 that sucks. Don't do that. And I was like, okay. Um, and we were trying to come up with nicknames. And it was actually Jack Trades, who was um, one of the guys who always used to help out at two CW shows. He led the ring crew. Um, he was kind of standing off to the side, and he comes in the group, and he's just like, "No, no, no, you're you're the man." And I was like, "What?" He goes, "That's it. You're just the man because you're the man." And I was like, "Thoughts, everybody?" And everybody was like, "Yeah, it works." So I was like, "Okay, cool." And then I came out, and but I was still coming out to STP. And it was, uh, we, we were driving to a Binghamton show. And it was myself, uh, Brute, Studley Steve McKenzie, and then um, referee uh, Ted Stillwater. And DVDA came on, Pun's iPod. And we were listening to it, and we were all like, ah, Orgasmo, great movie, this, that, and other thing. And Studley sure. Steve goes, you need to come out to the song. And I was like, no, 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 no. He goes, no, 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 you need to come out to this song. And I was like, all right, I mean, maybe. Like, I'm really thinking about getting this STP song to work, though. He goes, no, 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 you're not coming out to that. Come out to this. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we'll see. Still, I, I still came out to STP that night. The following month, he had burned the song to a CD, gave it to the promoter, and was like, this is what Kevin's coming out to, the, to tonight. <laughs> the promoter listened to it. And, and and the promoter Josh was just like, "This is the greatest song ever. You're never not coming out to this." And I was like, "Okay," and 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 that's kind of how it all came to be. Okay, so we're gonna talk about tag team stuff later on, but you did end up coming out 
to this for a little while when you were teaming with Brute. Um, yes. How did how did Brute feel about that? Did had he uh, had he hung had he hung himself by his own petard <laughs> at that point? <laughs> to be fair, neither one of us really liked it. Oh, okay. Um, I'm a big proponent of if you're going to be in a tag team, you need to have tag team music. Sure. Um, but again, it was one of those things where the promoter really loved the song and he would usually play it as our tag entrance just to pop himself, <laughs> you know? Um, and then it did get to a point where like, I, you know, I, I told Brew, I was like, listen, like we got to come up with some ideas. Like we gotta, we gotta figure something else out. Cause like, you know, I'm like, I, like I'm still coming out to it for my singles, but like, we gotta be a team. And like, and like, this was also a point in time where. You know, we had just broken away um, from Zachary Springate the third, okay. and we were no longer in like a trios team. Like we were just the two of us, um, and we were like, you know, trying to come up with better gear, trying to come up with a name. Although Pun and Graham, Brute and Graham, always seemed to stick, so that's what we ended up going with. Um, and really, to like package the whole deal up was we we needed better theme music. Um, which, you know, we could certainly get into at any point, yeah, but it, yeah, it, yeah, it was eventually here, those things. Since oh, we're here, ahead. we might as well. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So we were trying to figure out what we wanted to come out to. And a couple of times on indies, um, you know, we, we tried coming out to Slayer. We, we actually came out to Slayer's Rain and Blood at a church. Um, oh man. Which was, you know, I mean... <laughs> We, we we were okay with it. Sure. Um, so we we came out to Slayer at one point. We uh, were coming out to Blitzkrieg at one point. Okay. Uh, we were coming out to. Um, oh, I want to say there was one more. Oh, uh, there was a cover of Danger Zone, right? That we came out to a couple of times that Brute found on YouTube, uh, and, and he and he actually contacted the band to be like, hey, like, could we? useless and right. they were like yeah sure um but eventually what we found was that we both really liked cky okay and we were going back and forth one day like after training and he's like we got to come up with something different um you know like especially for 2cw i was like okay and he was like you like cky right and i was like hell yeah i do he goes what about 96 quite bitter beings and i'm like that's our music that's what we're doing now <laughs> Um, and that was one of those where I wasn't exactly sure because I hadn't heard anybody ever come up to CKY at that point. And I was still running through it in my head. I'm like, okay, like, I love this song. It's one of my favorite bands, but like, are we coming out to this because we just like the song, but like, is it going to work? And that first night we came out to it, like the groove just hit right the entrance, just like the way we went out to the ring, just worked. Like you could kind of chant our names to it. Okay. And it became one of those songs that like, even to this day, my girlfriend still got like, anytime she hears it, she just goes Bruton Graham. And I'm like, yeah. So it was, you know, it was, it was kind of memorable in that way. I can yeah I could totally hear that yeah yeah that was a little bit of that was a little bit of ninety six quite bitter beings mm -hmm. okay 
Uh, so let's go back to um, to singles. I know that you used uh, you used now you're a man, and it seemed like from you know watching stuff on YouTube, it seemed like you used that for quite a while, and that became fairly fairly well associated with you. And you were using it a lot of other places, but there were some other songs that you used. Yes. Um, specifically, you told me I I didn't I didn't find this one, and I, I'm <laughs> bummed because I would have loved to have seen you come out to uh hanging tough by new kids yeah. on the block yeah um so the story behind that is i had been coming out to dvda for a while okay and two cw is a little bit of an older crowd okay you know we were drawing a little bit of you know people in their late 20s early 30s people who were kind of you know Ready to go when you know may, maybe knocking a few back before the shows and whatnot. Okay. So you could you you could be a little more adult themed with your stuff. Um, going to those GSW shows and looking out and you're just seeing like old people and like a lot of kids. I'm like, I I don't think I can come out to this song anymore. <laughs> and like and like like especially because I I was a baby face at that point too. Okay, and I'm like I I uh, I need to I need to change it up. I need something different and. I remember I was actually doing a 5K um, that morning. Um, woke up, went out to the event, was running. And, like, as I'm running, for whatever reason, I've just got new kids on, on the block in my head. And I'm just going, whoa. And, like, the entire time, I'm just, like, humming it to myself. And I was like, is this what I want to do? Like, do I need do I need to change it to this? And like, I got home, I looked it up online, and I was thinking about it. And then I remembered um, Brody Lee when he was wrestling out in Rochester. Sure. Used to come out to New Kids on the Block. Yep, used to come out to the right stuff. And I thought about that, and I was like, Yeah, this is it. This has got to be it. Uh, burned it. Went up to John that night, and I was like, Here's my new song. Um, and that stuck with me at GSW throughout pretty much the rest of the time I was a babyface there. Okay, it's funny that you mentioned Brody Lee uh, coming out to the right stuff. Yeah, because when I had when I had the idea for this podcast, there were a handful of like wrestler and song pairings where I was like, I'd really like to talk to that person. Sure. Um, and like, obviously. He's one that I will never get to talk to. It's very unfortunate. It is, yeah, but he yeah. is—he is one that I would have loved to have picked his brain mm -hmm. about about the the science or the art, whichever it was, of him making his entrance to that song. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, bummer. All right, uh, let's play a little bit of New Kids. I I imagine most people probably know what this song sounds like. That takes me back to being a child and my younger sister uh, having the Hangin' Tough uh, <laughs> video cassette, which had like the four or five music videos that had come off of that album. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, she used to listen. She wore that tape out. Uh, and then you had um, Going Out West by Tom Waits. Oh, yeah. So is this a transition in character that's, that uh, sort of presages this? Uh, yeah, it, it was... Um... 
at this point, you know, I was kind of turning heel, um, and I really wanted to change my character up a little bit. Okay. Because, you know, w- when I started coming out to Hanging Tough, I tried doing a little bit more of that, you know, throwback 80s sort of look, like coming out with the denim jacket, having the bandanas, because a lot of what I did was sort of influenced by the 80s, whether it was, you know, trying to portray, you know, your, your stereotypical, you know, 80s teen movie villain. Okay. You know, that, was a, that was a big part of, like, what my gimmick was. Um, and then, you know, going babyface, it was, like, trying to, you know, do a little bit more of, like, that clean cut, you know, 80s good guy. But then that's not going to work if I'm trying to be this rugged heel. So I didn't want to go back to DVDA because, again, like that was just not the crowd for that, I think. Sure. Um, that second so verse was, gets a little racy. It's, it's, a, it's a little uh, innuendo-ish, I think you could say. <laughs> um, so, again, like kind of diving into my interests. Um, hadn't heard anybody come out to a Tom Waits song before. Sure. And it, it, it's... Tom Waits is somebody who I don't think a lot of people would go to for their entrance music, but going out west the first time I ever heard it was such a trip to me, and it had this great intro riff. Um, Just the vocals are rugged. If you ever see the music video, it's just like him in this like black and white screen and he's got these like wastelander goggles on and he's got like smoke bombs coming off of his guitar and it's just this really weird and gritty sound and and if you ever listen to tom waits if you're unfamiliar with him he basically just sounds like somebody hung his voice in like a smokehouse and then like soaked it in whiskey um, that's that is an apt that is an apt description <laughs> <laughs> and it, it like instantly became one of my favorite songs and where i was thinking i wanted to take my character and being a little more serious being a little more aggressive being a little more down and dirty and gritty like this is the only thing that i kept coming back to i'm like this has got to be it this has got to work so went with it and Coming out to that song, I think, was one of the better experiences okay. uh, for like entrance wise, just because it kind of put me in a different mood and it kind of put me in like a different frame, you know. So, yeah. All right. Let's uh, listen to a little bit of that. That's definitely Tom Waits. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, last song we're going to talk about is uh, White Trash by Southern Culture on the Skids. Oh, yeah. Um, is Was there a story behind this one? Oh, there absolutely was. But, but like, real quick, how, like, did we talk about this? Or did or did you happen to make it up just by watching the I found this one. This you is one this that I one. found. Um, you are I had good, found, sir. Oh, thank you. I had found this on a, uh, a match that you had wrestled for ACWA. Yeah. Um, I, I because when when I saw this on the notes you had sent over to me, I couldn't remember. I was like, did we talk about that briefly? When no, we did the no, A this, show? this is what definitely what but I found. The fact that you were able to dig it up is, is pretty impressive. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, this was always meant to be a one-off. Okay. Th- this this is one that was basically meant to pop the boys. <laughs> um, driving around, um, 
one of the cars that we were driving with, it, it was myself, Brute, uh, Dick Justice, uh, Jay Freddy, um, if he was available to come, referee Ted Stillwater. Um, and we basically would always quote like South Park anytime we were driving around. Okay. And um, we uh, we kept doing the Alabama man bit from like one of the early episodes of South Park. Okay. Um, which Alabama man suddenly kept turning into Alabama Graham. So we would always do that as a joke. And then um, Dick had invited us to come do ACW, ACWA because I guess there was a couple open spots. And, like, I knew a lot of the guys that were working the show at the time uh, just through, like, passing through Pennsylvania area. And I was like, okay, so this is just going to be, like, a one-off show. You know, probably not coming back, probably not doing it again. So I didn't tell anybody. Um and I just showed up like I had all this different gear. I had the song and I came out as Alabama Graham or the okay. Alabama man, Kevin Graham, um, came out to the song. It worked. Um, I'm not going to say it didn't work. Um, in hindsight, probably should have stuck with it in some aspect. <laughs> but it was um, I, I I had learned about the song um, through a test footage trailer for a for a uh there there's a comic book uh called the goon written by uh eric powell okay and he was trying to get a he was trying to get a movie made and they did a test trailer um it's actually kind of interesting the studio that did the test trailer is uh run by the same guy who eventually did deadpool Okay. And did that Deadpool uh, test trailer that came out later on. Um, and the stars of the movie were going to be Clancy Brown and Paul Giamatti. Oh, man. And I've never seen two actors immediately embody what I imagined um, Lagoon and Frankie would be. <laughs> like, immediately. And that was the song that they used in the test trailer. Um and when I was thinking about what to come out to for my music, I was like, oh, I got to do that. Um, so, like I said, loaded it up, had everything ready to go, eventually got brought back to ACWA, and they were like, where's your Alabama man stuff? I was like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. And I was like, no, you should do that. And I was like, nah, <laughs> no, this is just a one-time thing. And I'm like, no, like, you're doing that here. I was like, nah, but, like, that's I, – I wasn't expecting to come back, so I didn't bring any of it with me. And like I'm just going, I'm just going back to being me, Kevin the Man Graham. This is who I'm going to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's that's fun. Uh, here's that. Here's white trash. <laughs> It's definitely got a good groove, and I could definitely see yeah. that 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 kind of character. Kind of yeah, that's that's fun. That's fun. Uh, oh, that's yeah. it's interesting when I hear stories of wrestlers who portray a character once and then like, you know that 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 kind of thing where it seems like they want they you you have you did this one thing once and they want you to be that again. You're like, well, <laughs> I, we didn't talk about that. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's and again, it's 
I feel like for a lot of people, it's so hard to navigate what to do because so many people, I feel like, put it in their head of like what they're supposed to be like sure. as a wrestler when some of the best angles, some of the best gimmicks, some of the best character development just comes out of having a good time and having fun. And like the important thing is like not taking yourself too seriously. Right. And, and like, you know, you got to loosen up with it. And, and, I, and, and you know, Unfortunately, I'll admit I was a bit tight, you know, with uh, <laughs> with wanting to go back and portray that character. I was like, nah, nah, that ain't really me, though. I don't want to do that. But again, kind of like embracing emo. Had I done it earlier on, maybe it would have been more of a fun time. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's. So my last question, um, what I usually ask is what I call the Tony Khan proposition. Mm hmm. And that is basically, if money and rights were no object, is there a song that would be like your dream entrance song on the big stage? Yes. Okay. Uh, John Carpenter's Pork Chop Express. Okay. Interesting. I'm not familiar. You're not familiar? Are you familiar with the movie Big Trouble in Little China? Yes, I am. It is the main title theme. Okay. I it did is not realize that it had a title. Fan, oh my god! It is well. Well, John Carpenter, the director, does all of his music for right. all of his movies. Which, which, when I found that out, blew my mind <laughs> because I was like, "You mean to tell me this guy that's just pumping out all of these cult classic movies is also pumping out all of this amazing music?" Um. Easily, Big Trouble, Little China, Pork Chop Express. That song. I'm uh, any money in the world to get that license to be my entrance music. That's what I'm coming out to. There you go. That's awesome. That's a great yeah. answer. Uh, Kevin, that's all I've got. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. This has been a blast, yeah. Uh, I really appreciate you come. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, if you can tell my listeners where they can find you online, uh, I'm sure, sure they'd sure. love to check you out. Yeah, well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at I'm Kev Grams. That's G R A M Z. Uh, but most importantly, you can find me over at YouTube at youtube.com slash TV. Uh, myself and former 2CW heavyweight champion Jason Axe. Uh, we do a couple of live shows each and every single week. We've also got a lot of other content that we're pumping out uh, on a somewhat monthly basis. We're, we're trying to grow the channel a lot. So those are kind of the two main places you can find us. Awesome. Go check Kevin out. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Kevin, again, thank you so much for being on the show. This has yeah, been a blast. Done. Absolutely. Uh, we will see you next time here on Hit My Music. Hit My Music is a proud member of the soon-to-be-named network. You can find a variety of podcasts at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com, including add-outs with wrestling, we need wrestling, longbox heroes, and more. You can follow the show at Hit My Music Pod on Twitter, and you can email the show at hitmymusicpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by subscribing to my Patreon at patreon.com slash jinglemeister. The theme song for Hit My Music is Contract Killer by me, the Jingle Meister. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.